Hello and welcome to A Word of Advice, a podcast series in association with Brooks McDonald. I'm Katrin Schindler from CityWire and today I'm joined by Rachel Marston, Senior Investment Director and Head of Structured Products. In this episode, we take a look at structured products, which, lo and behold, may be better than their reputation. It's time we give them the attention they deserve. So Rachel, what exactly is so exciting about them? I think in terms of structured products, the backdrop that we've had in markets over the last few years, we've started to see more interest in structured products and the use of them within portfolios as a diversifier, really, away from the traditional equities, fixed interests and alternatives. When markets have been volatile like they have over the last few years, that predictability of return and the defined return has been attractive to some clients. And where we've used them within portfolios, we've actually seen a strong pickup over the course of 2022 coming into the last quarter and the main reason for that really is most of the notes that we have exposure to within our client portfolios are linked to the FTSE 100, the S&P 500 and the Eurostox 50. So as we've seen markets pick up during the end of Q4 2022 we've seen a significant increase in terms of the secondary market price and the marked market pricing of these notes which has helped performance. Fantastic. Now if we could take a step back and look at structured products in general. So they are basically designed to facilitate um, highly customized risk return objectives. But the question is, how bespoke can you actually get with structured products? In terms of creating new structured products in the institutional primary market, most of the investment banks will create a new note from a million pounds upwards. So if a client does have a very specific remit they would like us to achieve, we can build a structured product for their requirements. But in general, most of the clients that we look after have fairly standard vanilla structured products such as the Autocall, which provides exposure to the three indices, as I mentioned before, um, but very much looks at the downside protection and the barriers exposed to that at the underlying investment. Um, but you can traditionally also have exposure to stocks as well as indices. But of course, because you're taking on more risk there, they're more exposed to the higher end of the risk scale client. Shall we drill down on that aspect? You just mentioned the auto call. What other types of structured products are there? Yeah, so first of all, an auto call is a note that we use frequently at Brooks McDonald, and it's very much to provide an element of upside return, even when markets fall or stay relatively flat. So most of the notes that we create are over a six-year term and will provide a positive return as long as the underlying index hasn't fallen by more than 35% at maturity, which is normally in around six years' time, although we can vary the term length if needed. One thing that's important with all the structured products that we use is that they're daily tradable in terms of the institutional market and they don't have an attached TER. So the auto call can provide some, uh, some attractive returns, even drawing volatile markets, and that's where we've seen them play into kind of their, their own over the last couple of years. Some other types of structured products are, for example, a synthetic zero, where with an auto call, you would have potentially an annual observation where you would re- receive your coupon annually. And then at maturity, if not redeemed earlier, you have your auto call barrier in terms of the return of capital payment. With a synthetic zero, for example, you wouldn't have an annual observation you would just have a final observation at maturity, again, potentially after six years, where as long as predetermined conditions had been met, such as the underlying index not falling by X percentage from strike, 
the total coupon would be returned in addition to the return of capital invested. Again, these are still daily tradable within the secondary market, but because you're potentially having to wait longer for that coupon, the coupons are rolled up and you receive that final end payment. Gotcha. So is there one version, Synthetic Zero or Autocall, that's more suited for one specific environment, for example? Um, I think at the moment we're still seeing, seeing some really attractive opportunities in the autocall space. Um, because of rates increasing, we're having to take less risk in terms of the underlying derivative within the underlying um, autocall note itself, where the Synthetic Zero, we're getting paid a higher coupon at the moment, but we're actually locking up our, our capital really for the next six years so we're taking that interest rate sensitivity through that note as well so we're being paid for that currently but if interest rates continue to increase from here in the short term the underlying synthetic zero can be a little bit more volatile in the secondary market because you've potentially locked up that return for a longer period got you interesting okay and if we look at um the well audience is the wrong word the audience of people who those structured products are provided for. There are retail, there are institutional investors. How do the versions of structured products for those two different types of investors differ? Sure. So the retail market tends to be more of a traditional buy and hold, where structured products will be created by a bank and issued through a third party. And then an IFA um, normally would speak to their underlying client, see if that's of interest, and the client would then buy into that note, into the retail market. Whereas the institutional side that we operate in, we use them within a client's discretionary portfolio as an asset class that we have available for us to use. And the key difference here is we can also buy notes in the secondary market and trade those notes. So when markets are volatile, we sometimes get a really attractive entry point where we can buy a note in the secondary market and it can be cheaper than its intrinsic value. So this, again, adds further capital upside to the client's portfolio and investment return. Big advantage. How else do structured products help clients achieve their financial goals? I mean, you already touched on a few points, but if you could just sum it up. Sure. The, we use structured products in different ways. So within our conventional portfolios, there's a different asset class for us to use. But we also use structured products when building a decumulation bespoke income ladder. So if a client needs to draw down an income from the portfolio, we actually build a ladder of structural products that mature every six months to provide that predictable return, again, as long as certain market conditions have been met, in order to provide some income security. Because as we know, over the last few years, we've seen the volatility in markets and we've also seen the exposure to dividend cuts, which could hurt clients if they're drawing their natural income from an account. And also, we use this decumulation strategy to create a two-pot two portfolio where we'll have a portfolio of structured products to build the ladder, but then we'll also manage a long-term equity portfolio that we can remain untouched for the first seven years traditionally from the way we structure them, which allows you to have some protection against sequencing risk when clients do start to draw an income from the portfolio. Are structured products also something for people outside of the decumulation range? So someone like who's, I don't know, in their 30s, 40s? Yeah, so the, the structured products that we have access to, again, some of the notes that we can buy are taxed to capital. 
So that can be interesting for clients who are a higher rate or additional rate taxpayer, where the returns tax to capital rather than income. And that's where we can build a portfolio, having exposure to these underlying notes to provide that capital return rather than having most of the returns taxed to income. A disadvantage to using the structured products is we are capped to the upside. So if we take the auto call as an example, the coupon return at the moment might be, say, 9% return annualised. If markets go up 15%, we know that we'll only receive 9%. So for a client who's looking to grow their portfolio over time and they're in the accumulation stage, they might be better exposed to equities, for example. Now, let's take a look at the pitfalls or risks of structured products. Again, you've mentioned some of them already, but what are the main concerns clients or investors have when they think of them? Sure. The main concerns really is thinking back to 2008 and the counterparty exposure that we have. So we manage a panel of structured product banks that we operate with, and they're all investment grade. So names that you'll be very much familiar with, such as HSBC, Citigroup, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, etc. And the reason that we use these investment grade banks is we're not trying to get an extremely high coupon return because we've already got our equity exposure. So we're not needing to increase the risk in terms of the counterparty because the reason we're buying these structured products is for that defensive, predictable income coming through to the investment account. So in terms of liquidity, we very much monitor the counterparty exposure that we have at group level and at client level. And we would make sure that within a client's portfolio, we don't have more than 25% of the underlying structured products exposed to one counterparty. And then in terms of monitoring the counterparties that we use on the panel, we have a separate research team that solely look at the structured products we own as a group and actively create new notes in the market and, and, and add secondary market trades to our buy list. But anything that we do in terms of a new position or a new counterparty exposure, it all goes through our various research committees in order to make sure that as a house, we're comfortable with our underlying credit exposure that we have within the Brooks McDonald portfolios as a whole. So in terms of liquidity, this is another important factor. And most of the investment banks are using structured products in order to build their capital reserve requirements. And they trade more than $2.5 billion of structured products a year. So when we're buying a structured product for a client, we might only buy £25,000 of a note, for example. And if we need to unwind that note and a client needs some capital returning for a house purchase, for example, we can sell those structured products in the secondary market because we do have access to that secondary market availability. So we have daily liquidity. And the important factor here is we're actually selling the notes back to the bank. We're not needing to find an investor in the market to buy this investment from us. So the bank would buy the note back and unwind it at their side. However, they wouldn't necessarily unwind their exposure to a £25,000 position they would monitor their overall book in order to hedge that accordingly. And in general, are there any other factors apart from the risk you just mentioned that could affect performance of structured products? We do see volatility during the market in terms of the secondary market price. So if we take March 2020 as an example, 
Markets fell sharply during that period and therefore the secondary market price of these notes also fell back. The, the secondary market price doesn't fall as much as the market during that period, but it is still linked to an equity index. So if you take a standard auto call that's linked to the FTSE 100, even though at maturity markets can have fallen by up to 35%, for example, the lifetime period might have barriers that are less defensive, allowing markets to fall 5% each year from strike, for example. So if we think back to March 20, when markets sold off, the secondary market value of these notes will also set back. And during that period of time, we were seeing secondary market levels of roughly 80, 85p on the valuation. But we know that if we maintain and hold that position to maturity, or if not before, if it's redeemed early, you'll have a pull to maturity and that secondary market price will pick back up as long as those underlying markets haven't been breached. If on an auto call, the market has breached that barrier level in year two, yes, the journey will be volatile in terms of the secondary market price. But if it's not redeemed early on the annual observation date, it's very much that maturity date that one date right at the end that's the important factor. The, the market volatility in between is less important. However, if a client did need to liquidate early and we were selling the note in the secondary market, that's where you would see that setback in value. But where it can work to the opposite of that is if we just take an example from the end of 2022, a particular note that we owned was linked to the FTSE 100 and at some point during the life of the note, it had to be above 7,600 on the FTSE 100 index level. It was created in 2020. So within two to three months, it really set back in terms of that secondary market price. However, in October, it was priced at roughly 107 in the secondary market. So it picked up. But its next observation was in January this year, so January 2023. And at that point in time, there was a further observation to see if we were above 7,600. And as we've seen in recent weeks, we've seen a significant pickup in the FTSE 100. And therefore, this note actually matured at roughly 135 spot three. So we've had a significant pickup between October and January for give or take a 6% move in the FTSE 100. So this is where, as long as the barrier hasn't been breached on the early redemption date or the maturity date, you can get a significant pickup in that secondary market price as you come closer to that end period. It's all about the long-term and being patient, isn't it? Long-term and being patient, but having the reassurance that you can sell in the secondary market if needed. Hmm. Um... Can we quickly talk about how you go about vetting structured products, which you've already alluded to in the conversation? We have a really strong relationship with the investment banks that we work with. And we have a panel of investment banks that we would only trade with that then go through research. So having those strong relationships allows us to speak directly with the bank when creating a primary note. So this might be a brand new note that we create for all of our clients. And then investment managers can look at their internal client bank and decide if they want to participate in the new launch. So if we use a primary note as an example, 
um, the structural product team within research would do the allocations, do the pricing with the investment banks that we work with and work with the investment banks to gather some pricing. We would then look at the credit default swaps and make sure that we're comfortable with the counterparty exposure, review how much exposure we have to that particular bank across the client book. And then if we're comfortable as a team, we would then put that to the research committee where the head of research and the asset allocation committee and asset select committee would review the proposed structural product. Again, check that they're comfortable with the underlying counterparty exposure and the risk reward for the note that we're getting. Once that gets the okay and the, and the kind of green light free research, as a team, we will actively look to launch that product then across the group for investment managers to participate in if they wish to, wish to do so. Um, and that process normally takes a couple of days before the note goes live in the market. And then others in the DFM world are then also able to buy that note in the secondary market. Likewise, if we see a note that's being launched elsewhere and we see it available in the secondary market and it hits our agreed parameters of does it meet one of our panel banks? Is it defensive in terms of the final barrier for the coupon return being at 35%, uh, being allowing for markets to fall about 35% or 40? So you'd see that in terms of a term sheet of the ba final barrier level being at 65 or 60. We can then put a request, do the research on the particular note, check that there's inventory available and review the secondary market price to make sure it's still an attractive entry point. We can do the work as a team and put that through the research committees in order to add that to our group buy list. How easy, in quotation marks, is it to get the green light from the research committee? Because we've been using structural products for over 30 years at Brooks McDonald, this is an asset class that as a group we're comfortable with. And therefore, we just need to make sure that it remains defensive in order for it to fit within that structured return bucket. So the research committee and the various teams within that are comfortable with the use of structured products and the journey that we see within client portfolios during the life cycle of an investment account. How big is the entire structured product team? The structured product team is around 10 people strong, um, all who've got a keen interest in structured products like myself. Um, but we work, <laughs> exactly, uh, we work very closely with the research team in London, but also investment managers across the group who have particular interest or a particular need from one of their clients. So we'll work with the wider investment managers across the group in order to tailor the notes that we're launching to make sure they're re relevant and, you know, meet the requirements of the investment managers across the group. Do you think it's fair to say that structured products are an area that is rather innovative compared to other areas we see out there? I think structured products can be entirely flexible. So most of the notes that we create and use are tradable in one pound units. So again, if somebody does need an income, we can build a ladder of notes that mature in order to match and liability match their income requirements. I think most external financial advisors still worry about structured products because they've had further experience with the retail market, where for us, we use the institutional structured products, as I mentioned, there's no underlying TER, there's no high commission return that gets paid back to Brooks McDonald. We don't get paid on the notes that we create and also providing that daily liquidity 
is really important for clients. Just to wrap it up and loop back to the beginning when you said that 2022 was a rather positive year for structured products, do you think that positive outlook will continue, will prevail in the next, well, 12 months? I think structured products can be a really attractive asset class to use alongside the likes of equities and some fixed interest exposure um, and alternatives and property. They just help to further diversify the underlying returns for an account and provide an element of defensive predictability. So as I mentioned at the start, even when markets are relatively flat or falling, we could still provide an attractive positive return by having exposure to structured products. We all know that volatility is going to remain and therefore using the likes of structured products to try generate some of that return for clients is an attractive way in the current market. And we're also seeing that pick up in terms of the coupon exposed to the structured products because of the higher interest rate environment. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you very much. <laughs>